Matthew chapter 4, I'm going to read verse number 18 and verse 19. Yep, verse 18 and verse number 19. When you have it, please say amen. 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 While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus went over and said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. You may close your Bibles, come out of your Bible app. This morning, I want to preach from the subject. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. I am chosen. I am chosen. For a change. For a change. Amen. Simple subject. Chosen for a change. In the year 1919, there was a war that created great chaos and crisis. This war was entitled War World One. When this war happened, there were many people that were killed. They said this was one of the deadliest wars of history. As this war went on, there was one country that was affected greatly by this war. That country was Germany. The economics was dried up. There were people depressed and there was no food and the power of government was weak. As that was going on, there was a man who rose to power by the name of Adolf Hitler. He was someone who rose to power and wanted to create a dictatorship. Now, many of us have heard this name, Adolf Hitler, am I, am I right? Amen. As he was in control, he began to do things that would scare the biggest gangster in New York City. He began to kill people and he began to take over. He began to become this big, massive bully in Germany. People were walking in fear, people were afraid, and people were not saying anything against him because they did not want to be killed. But there was a man who was against him. Well, when we look at scripture, we realize that there were a lot of bad people in position. But there was always somewhere that God raised up to speak against the enemy's power. The man that I'm talking about here is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He began to speak against Adolf Hitler. He began to realize that what he was doing was wrong. Whenever you see someone who is in a high position of toxic power, God will always raise someone up to speak against it. And as he begins to speak against it, he said a quote that touched my mind. He said a quote that I want to share with you this morning. He said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. 
I want to say that again. When Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and to die. Thank you, Matt. When I think of this quote, I think of the scripture, Mark chapter 8, verse 34, when he says, Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. When we look at our lives as believers, God has called us to deny ourselves. I know that many people don't like to hear that word deny, but what we realize is that God has called us to a place of sacrifice. Because we realize that as we follow God, there are some things that we have to sacrifice. If we can all be honest. Because we hear a lot of messages about success. And we hear a lot of messages about, you know, being successful. But we have to realize that in order to walk with God, there has to be a sacrifice. Uh, when I think of this quote, when I think of my life as a believer, I realize that walking with Jesus is risky. But the reward is bigger. Because what is the reward walking with Jesus is that you're having a relationship with him. Many people are walking around trying to be connected to other things, but my testimony is that I'm walking with Jesus. That's my testimony this morning is that Jesus is right next to me. People may not be there, but Jesus is right there. So here we see that we are here in the Gospel of Matthew. Here in this Gospel, we realize in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, he said, They shall call his name Jesus, and he shall save you from your sin. You see, we can even be glad about that, that we have a name that saves us. Oh, uh, we have a name that heals us. We have a name that turns things around for us. We have a name that can do the impossible. Is there someone here that knows about his name? Amen. Is there someone here that can testify about his name? But then as we come to Matthew's gospel, then we realize that Jesus was born and, and we come to Matthew chapter 2. Now he takes him from where he was in Bethlehem to Egypt because King Herod heard that a king was born. You know that God is powerful when grown kings are scared of him as he's in laying in a crib. Amen. So then we come to Matthew chapter 3 where now Jesus is here. He's not announced yet, but now we have a man by the name of John the Baptist. John the Baptist comes and he begins to say, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Then as he says this, he's in a wilderness. What is a wilderness? A wilderness is a dry place. It is a place where there is no food and no water. It's a place of scarcity. Have you ever been in a wilderness? Have been in a place where you felt like there was nothing there. After that, Jesus comes and how in Matthew chapter 4, he goes to wilderness himself. He's in the wilderness being tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. 
And as he's in the, as he's being tempted, he says to Satan, man shall not live by bread alone. He begins to continue saying, man shall not live by bread alone. Whatever the devil tries to attack, you can fight the devil back with the word of God. You see, many of us are nervous and trying to figure things out, but we have a Savior who gives us the Word of God to combat the devil. Amen. Uh, but then as we come to Matthew chapter 4, we realize that Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. Amen. Uh, when I think of the Sea of Galilee, that Sea of Galilee is where we find that men are fishing for fish. The Sea of Galilee, even now, if we all took a plane to Israel, if we went down and went there, we will see that men are still fishing, and many people are there even right now. Jesus, who is the living water, now comes to the Sea of Galilee. He comes for a specific reason. Whenever we read Jesus going to certain locations, it's never by accident. Amen. Whenever God comes to a location, he never goes by mistake. Because when we look at John chapter 4, and he says, I must go through Samaria. Why would Jesus go to Samaria? Because he knew that there was a woman at the well. Uh, he knew that there was someone in need of a drink. Whenever God comes, he knows that there is someone in need of him. Many people are trying to figure out why would Jesus come to a specific place? Why would Jesus come to a location? He comes because he knows that someone is in need. Oh, that's a testimony for us because we can't even say, God, I thank you for coming to where I was. God, I thank you for coming to where I needed you when I needed you the most. All of us have a testimony about God coming down to where we are. All of us have a testimony that said, yes, I was doing one thing, and yes, I was trying to figure things out, and yes, I was maneuvering through things, but all I needed was for God to pass on by. As I was on the job, and I was feeling kind of sad, Jesus came and passed on by. While I was in the house by myself, I needed Jesus to come to where I was. Uh, I'm glad this morning that Jesus came to me to where I was. He comes to the Sea of Galilee, and he sees Peter and Andrew. As they are fishing, as they are grabbing their nets and grabbing the fish out of the water, and as they're working, they see a man named Jesus. This Jesus comes, and he begins to engage in conversation. I love when I can have a conversation with Jesus. Uh, I love talking to some of the people, but there's nothing greater than talking to our Lord and Savior. There's nothing more beautiful than spending time and saying, God, can you talk to me for a second? Because I'm reminded of a song that says, have 
a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Tell him all your things. You see, when you talk to Jesus, that's the greatest conversation you can have. And he says to them, follow me. Now, Jesus speaks very simply to them. But when we look at this word, he said, follow me. The question I have for you this morning is, who are you following? Amen. Who are you looking to? Who are you trying to have a conversation with? Because when Jesus says, follow me, that is a different thing than everyone else is saying. Because when we study and look at different philosophers, when they said, follow me, they said, follow my teaching. When you look at certain people, they said, follow my ways. But Jesus says the opposite. He says, follow me. When Jesus says, follow me, he's speaking to our head. When Jesus says, follow me, he's speaking to our mind. Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 2 says, and we transform by the renewing of our mind. God wants to change and renew our minds. Uh, when we look at life, we realize that God has the power to change your mind. God has the power to touch you by your head and speak to your mind. We need God to speak to our mind. Amen. Because sometimes our mind can overthink. Sometimes our minds can think about so many things and we're overthinking and we're worrying. But all we need is Jesus to say is, follow me. And he speaks to our minds. God has the power to touch our minds in a way that no one else can. God has the power to take your mind to places that even your human imagination cannot go to. God has that power. And then he says, I will make you. So number one, he speaks to our head. But then number two, he speaks to our heart. Uh... Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, guard your heart. Amen. We live in a time where we have to guard our heart. We have to be very careful when people break our heart. Because sometimes when we go through heartbreaking moments, we can become cold and callous. Uh, sometimes when someone breaks our heart, there's some anger that rises that shouldn't think that was there. We can all be honest. There are some things that breaks our heart. There are some moments when we feel but our, someone has took our heart and stepped on it. We felt as though our heart has gone through some cold moments, but God has the power to touch your heart. God has the power to heal your heart. God has the power to take the broken pieces and mend it together and put it back together again. When I think of heart, I think of a story. 
One day there was a granddaughter who was coming to visit a grandmother. And she began to tell her grandmother all of these problems that she was having. Many of us have gone to someone when we have issues, amen? amen. And as she was telling her all her issues, her grandmother said, come with me to the kitchen. And she said, okay, grandma, I'm gonna come with you to the kitchen. And she said, I wanna show you something. When she went to the kitchen, she put on three pots on the stove. She went and put vegetables in one pot, she put eggs in one pot, and then she put on a pot of coffee. As she put on the pot of the vegetables, when it cooled off, she said, put your hand in and what do you feel? She said, I feel that the vegetables became soft after it was boiling in water. She said, that's how some people are, young lady. She said, what do you mean? She said, some people, when they go through hard moments and hot moments, they become soft. They become real scared and they become real nervous and they start singing the blues and getting scared. Have you ever had people who act like this? And then she said, look in the next pot. And the next pot she had eggs in it. She said, okay, what happened? She said that eggs became hard and boiled. She said, that's how some people are. She said, what do you mean? She said, some people, when they go through hard moments, they become mean and hard and angry and bitter. Have we met some people like that? Have we met some people who are there and they become hard and callous and mean? Am I by myself in here? And then we come to the last pot. And she said, what's that pot? She said, that is coffee. She said, okay. She said, that means that no matter how hot the situation was, it became stronger. You see, sometimes when we go through hard moments, it can build us up when we have faith. Yes, we may be going through some hard moments, but we won't get soft and scared. When we go through hard moments, we won't become bitter and angry, but we'll stand and say, God, you are still good. Well, even when we go through those hard moments, we can still say, Lord, I still trust you. He speaks to their heart. What we need God this morning to do is to touch our hearts. It is so easy for us to stand here and act like our heart has never been broken. But there are some moments in our lives where we will go through hard moments. There are moments in our lives where we will feel like our heart has been broken. But if you take your broken heart and put it in the hands of the Lord, He can fix your heart. And then it said, I will make you. So we're dealing with the head. He said, follow me. Then he said, the heart. He said, I will make you. Then it dealt with, he said, fishers of men. That is dealing with the hands. So first we dealt with the heart. And we dealt with the head. And now we're dealing with the hands. God has given us the strength to get things done. When we come to Genesis, when God looks at Adam, he gives him strength to what? Work in the garden. God has positioned and called you to put your hand to work. 
One of the most dangerous things I see in this generation of today, if I want to be candid, is that we see a lot of laziness going on. We see a lot of people trying to be instantly famous and trying to be celebrities and trying to be, but not realizing it takes hard work to get things done. When we look at beautiful buildings on the outside, we realize that there were people who had to put the structure together and put the wood together, put the bricks together. Everything takes work. So Jesus, he, Jesus is here, he goes and he talks to Peter and Andrew. And he talks to them and says, I'll make you fishers of men. Now, why is this important? Jesus comes and fishes for Peter and Andrew. But then he's telling them, now you're going from the fish business to people business. You see, Peter and Andrew were already working hard with fishing and moving things. But now God is telling them, drop your nets now. You're going to be fishing for people. You see, but then Peter and Andrew had the mindset of saying, God, we will follow you. God has an assignment for our lives. But we have to say yes to his will. As we say yes to his will, we realize that God chose us. When God chooses us, we don't have to worry about everything else. When God chooses us, all we have to do is say, Lord, I trust you. I don't know what the A, the B, or the C step is, but God, I trust you. I don't know how you're going to fix my finances, but God, I trust you. I don't know what's going to happen next, but Lord, I put my faith in you. You see, God has chosen you for this hour. God has chosen you to do something amazing. All you have to do is follow Jesus. Following Jesus is the best thing you can do. You see, many people are walking around and trying to figure out why my life is not going a certain way. But if you follow his will, if you follow his plan for your life, he is able to get you where you need to go. God has the power to touch your head. God has the power to touch your heart. And then God has the power to touch your hands. That is a true disciple. What is a disciple? A disciple is one who God touches their head. And touches their heart. And touches their hands. And gives it to him. What is a disciple? Someone asks you, what is a disciple? A disciple is one who gives their head, their heart, and hands to Jesus. That is a disciple. The reason why we're seeing things that are happening in this world of today is because people are not following Jesus. We, in this hour, in this time, have to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is not popular. Following Jesus won't get you a lot of friends. Following Jesus won't have you walking down a nice green grass sometimes. But it's the best decision you can make. As I close, I want to encourage you to follow the Lord. 
Follow him whether people like it or not. Follow him whether people walk with you or not. But we can say like this song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. That's not popular today because we rather turn to millions, but I'm going to turn back. No turning back. No turning back. Will you make that decision to follow him? Will you make that decision to say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know this, but Lord, I still trust you. Do you trust in the Lord this morning? Do you believe in the power of the Lord? This morning, I want you to know that you are chosen for a change. You're chosen to make a difference. God chooses you to do something new. Father, this morning, we love you, God. We love you, Lord, because you have called us for such a time as this. You have called us to for something better and something greater. God, this morning, we need you like never before, God. We need you, Lord, to take us where we need to go. We need you to take us to a higher place. We need you to take us to places that we've never been. And we know that you have the power to take us there. God, this morning, we follow you. We follow you in the midst of everything. We follow you in the good and the bad. We follow you, Lord. We give you the glory this morning. And we give you the honor, God. And we trust in you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Let us take a moment now to give to the Lord. There are moments in our lives where God has given so much to us. So we should never feel begrudging to feel nervous in our giving because he's the one that gives to us he's the only one that gave his life for us at Calvary and since he did that we can give to him amen, amen. let us take a moment to give let us take a moment Genesis 12 it says I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. God has called us to be a blessing. And as we're being blessed, God blesses us. Amen? Amen. Amen. There are many ways to give. Many ways to give. Cash App, Dollar Sign Global Fire Now. Online, www.globalfirenow.com. And then we have our Zell, globalfirenow at gmail.com. Those are ways to give. Amen. Those are ways to give. Amen.
Father, this morning we thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in our lives, everything you continue to do. Lord, bless everyone that has given, that has had a heart to give and to sow. And Lord, even bless us as we leave here, but never from your presence, God. We know that we are chosen for a change. We're chosen to do something new, and we're chosen to do something amazing. And Lord, we thank you, Lord. Touch every person that is here, online and on in the site, God. Touch them. Let them have a powerful week. Let them be strengthened. Let them walk in victory. And let them know that we are all chosen for change. Give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord bless who we are. Lord bless who we are. Fire is what we bring. Fire is what we bring. And ministry is what we do. And ministry is what we do. Everyone be blessed.